1: Okay, so we're speaking with Gillian Hyde, the general manager of Jamaica National Small Business Loans Limited. In terms of the climate change side of things, are you getting a lot of interest?
2: We have exhausted those funds that were extended to to us. And working, quite a bit of persons have invested in really ensuring that their small hotels are in a better shape as well as from an agri- agricultural standpoint in terms of water conservation and different modalities that would support climate change. So those funds are exhausted, and we do expect that in the, as we set off um, nationally and globally, that some more emphasis will be placed on trying to extend greater support where climate change is concerned and i do expect with the new minister in place and all the efforts that have gone on in previous administrations with respect to agriculture that we will be seeing more and so i do expect to hear and support some more efforts as it relates to climate change
1: you are a major lender to small and micro businesses as you mentioned what do you find has been the, the biggest issue for you in dealing with this sector
2: all right so prior to COVID the micro sector has really been a very delivering the micro service microfinance service has really been very high touch um, we've built a very strong relationship structure that's built that's supported by a very high touch environment and so you know as we look at COVID and the experiences of COVID, it really speaks against that high touch environment. And so that is a challenge for us, especially within a context that the embracing of digital um, at the micro level is not as advanced as we would want. And so that is an era of challenge for us as we try to pivot and try to adjust to new norms And I think, um, norms that we're not going back. So we really have to be working through how we get our clients to take that digital journey for us because it's them that we serve, and so we really have to think about how we bring them into that digital space. So that is a significant challenge for delivering the service itself. And then as we talk about COVID, it's about managing the high levels of arrears that we have and the requirements as a financial institution to ensure that from a risk perspective, we provide fully for those in our financials and really try to project the future. So um, it's those escalating arrears, and also trying to signal hope and trying to influence every single client that we have that, listen, you can do this. You can change. You can shift from this model and do it this way. And so because of that high-touch environment, because of that reliance, that partnership that we have with our clients, it, it, is quite a, it is a challenge now to ensure that we can serve everybody and address all the needs that are out there, try to provide some solutions for them, provide some ideas for them, um, provide some options for them as they try to maneuver this difficult time. And so we've done a lot, of inter- a lot of engagement in terms of empowerment sessions, we've extended even wellness and counseling support to our clients, extended care packages for persons that might have been a little older and would not have been able to access um, as some of us would be. And so trying to do quite a bit to see how we reach our persons and we try to assist them in, in pivoting. And on the flip side, we do have persons that are taking advantage of good opportunities at this time. We know anybody in the chemical business has been able to, if they weren't doing sanitization before, they've been able to pivot and, and do some of that. Anybody in delivery services is doing pretty well as well. Um, food to some extent in terms of volumes, um, being able to continue to, to, to trade, whereas volumes may be a little depleted, they're still doing quite a bit in terms of their retail business. And
1: so um, there are opportunities even with the pandemic.
2: Definitely. And then, of course, for those that are technology savvy, then a lot of them are, are moving to the digital space as well as those persons that are providing technology options, there's also a lot of opportunity there. And then even if we look at our medical fraternity, persons you know, offering mobile services, and so those are opportunities too that we, we see and want to, want to support.
1: Excellent. So despite your holistic approach and flexible approach to lending to micro and small businesses, there are still a lot of cries out there.
2: They don't of have
1: time. enough access to affordable funding. How do you right. think we can, we can address that?
2: Right. So, you know, as I, I reflect on the microcredit act that was recently passed in the parliament and senate, I think that's a wonderful opportunity to give some thought to the microfinance space and invite even more players to participate in that space. Um, We also see that a lot of our other competitors um, within the financial landscape are also trying to see how they extend greater credit facilities to greater access to credit facilities. And so I do anticipate that more persons will begin to support the And until we plug those gaps, then we'll always continue to see these informal segments build up that are extending credit. So all of us as financial institutions really trying to look to see how it is that we deliver more to the segment, and that really you know requires a different type of commitment. As mentioned before, it was a traditionally a very high-touch environment, and so you really have to get to understand the space. It's not a typical um, credit officer. You have to understand um, the business that each of them are operating. Sometimes you have to help them to put together their books. You know, I've had persons bring boxes and boxes of invoices here for us to try to put together to figure out where they are with their finances. So we have to look at ecosystem that serves the segment. We have to understand that it's not, the answer is not just about the funding aspect, but all of the other aspects that come together to make it possible for a micro-entrepreneur. It's not not an easy um, industry or environment to work in, and so we have to just continue to knock heads. The JBDCs, the different business advisory support segments that are are out there are all coming together to um, make it possible for us to continue to extend even greater access and provide even greater facilities for these clients.
1: Right. So from what you've described is that uh, the micro and small businesses, they need much more than, say, the large companies.
2: They need a lot more than just the financial products. And so the large companies or whoever it is that's investing in them have to, have, have to make a holistic commitment delivering on that ecosystem that's necessary for the micro entrepreneur to be successful.
1: In terms of the people who come to JNSDL, who are they uh, in terms of gender and age? Who are you?
2: Okay, so it's a wide cross segment, right? But we've seen a lot. We do have our portfolios predominantly female, largely female and we, it's largely to the rural communities. That aligns well with the segments that traditionally would be underserved. So it's not a bias towards those segments, but it is a mission to plug the gap in the segments that are now underserved, which you would see a lot of females, and you would see a lot of persons from rural and underserved communities and so as well as our portfolio use we have persons as old as 17 there of course with support from family members but we don't turn away our persons at a particular age because we do recognize that in the micro environment it's a little bit different and so um, it's a good mix but um, still seeing the portfolio heavily swayed towards females as well as persons in the rural setting.
1: Well, you, you would have heard the government uh, encouraging a lot of young people, a lot of university graduates to get into business. Are you seeing young, more young people entering JNSBL for loans to so start business?
2: Yeah. Well, we have quite a bit of young persons on... On our program and two years ago we hosted we weren't able to do it last year but we hosted a program called kickstart that allowed persons that were in the startup phase to participate in a competitive environment that allowed us to help to build their skills set while um, at the end of the competition you know awarding some of them with cash and business advisory support those were predominantly young persons that were early out of university or completing their university studies. So I do believe that we're in an environment where a lot of young persons want to be on their own and are naturally gravitating towards entrepreneurship as opposed to coming to work at a job like myself and yourself. And so I think traditionally that's what you're seeing in the universities, that a lot of persons, as well as if we understand underserved communities very well, the young persons have to get out and provide for themselves um, once they are complete with high school. And we hope that they have the opportunity to complete high school. Working with entrepreneurs, with the micro persons also mean that if we, the more we can do for the micro players mean that they can allow their children to actually finish school so that we can, you know, continue to build the, the knowledge set. So it's it's such an important segment to serve for so many reasons um, that we really have to figure out how it is that we do it a little better and we can plug the gap even more.
1: So from this point, it's looking good. It is a, in, in terms of the, the trend of more young people coming through your doors and more... I'm, uh, persons from underserved groups are coming.
2: I would say so. I would say so in terms of our future outlook. Of course, we have to consider the the, the the year that we've just completed, the year that we're in now, that's not shaping up any better than last year. And I think for the next 12 months, it will be tough. But I think there is life after COVID. So it is it is off for us to figure out how we can spend these moments trying to get right the high tide but trying to see how we get ready for the future and ensure that once you know the economy stabilizes and we we can recover and we can see we can serve more so we can see more businesses um, starting up and we can build more more wealth from the base up.
1: so it's been 20 years so far where do you see j and sbl in the next 20
2: well, certainly, um, trying to have a larger footprint, trying to serve more more persons, having a greater prominence, trying to connect them to more financial services, and really trying to ensure that their life as a whole becomes better. So, where I see myself in 20 years is where I see the clients. So where I see the customer and I see that customer, I see wealth. I see wealth for that customer in terms of an improved quality of life, um, their children being able to invest and be better off than they were, um, savings being built up, persons being able to access greater, being able to access health care for themselves, And so I see a general improvement in the quality of life for persons within the underserved segment. And I do think we do have some segments that are underserved, not necessarily in more remote communities, but there are some underserved segments that as a financial institution we have not figured how to help them to grow. So these may be small businesses um, but stuck at a certain level because they don't know how to get that greater access to credit or knowledge that that can take them from a medium, a small player to a medium player to a large player. So I see us as a country and of course Jane participating to ensure that the MSME ecosystem is strengthened so that we can see more outcome from, from our entrepreneurs.
1: As, as you speak about uh, untapped uh, segments, you know I have to ask about uh, the medical ganja industry. Is that an area that you would be looking towards?
2: I can't speak to the details of that. Um, but generally, anything that is going to advance and is regulated appropriately, we've thought through all these structures appropriately, is something that we will look at. I have not looked at any of those projects or been approached to look at any of those projects. Um, but certainly, I think the industry and the segment... Needs greater focus to see how we can truly, truly invest and garner from that segment um, the benefits. So that that's not something that I can speak to in depth to, but can say that the industry needs some greater focus, greater discussions, and to ensure that the ecosystem can support the larger agenda.
1: And, and once regulations are in place, it is something that you will be willing to consider.
2: Once, once they, once industries are regulated and structures are in place, that is something that we will always continue to look at.
1: In, in term, can you just uh, remind us about your the various products and services that you now have on offer?
2: Okay, so that is. That is wide scale. So we have a diversity of products. Of course, we have the products that cater to the micro segment that are largely weekly repayments and, of course, have been priced to accommodate persons at the distribution and retail segment level. We do have special products in place to cater to our persons in the tourism sector that is largely powered by our relationship with the TF, which is uh, called a five by five by five program which accesses gives you access to five million at five percent power. Five years. We also have our BizBoost product, which is our main small business product, which is at 9.5% that allows you to access up to $15 million, um, for a period of, of eight years. Um, and also within some of those product lines, we are looking at the CEF that can allow persons to access up to 80% of the collateral requirement to support the loan the loan requirement. Um, those are the major products. In terms of we have a, a special suite of lifeline products that are really tailored to help our customers who are recovering from COVID. And so it offers a diversity of rates and uh, moratoriums that would facilitate persons in on that recovery path. Um, I mentioned the agriculture already, but those are the main products, and of course there are a lot of things that are in place so that we can tailor the things to suit the needs of the particular plant.
1: Well, I wanted to ask you, is there any new product that you'll be rolling out soon?
2: Um, there are always, we, we, we are pretty seasonal, so there are always products that are in the pipeline. Um, so there are none specifically that I want to mention at this time, but there are always products um, that are that are in trade. The only other thing I would want to add is um, introducing products that feature more of our group services that really can give our clients greater access to support um, is something that we will be will be a feature of our product line coming soon.
1: Alright, so this has been Impacting Jamaica and we had Gillian Hyde, the General Manager of Jamaica National Small Business Loan Limited. Thank you again, Gillian.
0: Impacting Jamaica was brought to you by the Port Authority of Jamaica, Harib Cement and the Sajikor Foundation. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate and encourage, send us an email at impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Join us again for another in the series on SoundCloud, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or on Deezer. You can also visit us at ImpactingJamaica.com. Impacting Jamaica is powered by Grace Kennedy.